0: Okay, babe, go. <laughs> you were just talking about Samantha before we came on. I'm getting loads of weird, hang on. Uh, let me just, okay. Uh, yeah, Samantha was just cute yesterday. Um, Emma and I, obviously, because we get this every time we do a summer round of EC, loads of people are like, well, I can't join because I go away for a week in July, June, August, whenever. Um, so once the next turn, And we're like, no, no, you're missing the point of EC. And I think it's just so many of our competitors do like these like challenges. So, people think that it's like a race against time, which is like the antithesis of what we do oh, here on the EC method. And Samantha was just really cute yesterday when I answered one of the questions, and I've got loads more to answer as well. She said, Chloe, feel free to share that I've started every round away. I've been abroad uh, at least two weeks of every round, and I've still lost body fat every single week. It's totally doable. And again, just to reiterate, like this isn't a cha- like a challenge. Samantha isn't like chaining herself to her My Fitness pal in the gym and she's still doing it, which is the whole reason why we love it here. But that is, it's
1: the whole point, like the number one reason that people do not reach their fat loss goals is because they sacrifice their life in order to try and lose fat and then obviously they resent the process obviously they then hate dieting and then you build this big thing up in your head of like dieting's awful you need to over restrict i can't go out with my friends last time i was miserable blah 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 it's like yeah because you were doing it wrong like that's essentially i would say genuinely the number one reason that people don't get results is because they do over restrict they do resent it they do try and put like other areas of their life on the back burner. Like, I can't go out for food. I can't go on holiday. I can't do X, Y, Z. Realistically, nobody has eight weeks of nothing, nor would we want you to have that. Like actually you will learn the most if you've got eight weeks of weddings, of holidays, of birthdays, of like anniversaries, whatever, like life. All of our clients on the EC method that get results also have a life. Shocking, I know, but this is the whole point of it is that, you live your life while getting results not let's put everything that you enjoy on hold let's take out foods that you enjoy let's mean that you you can't go out for drinks or a meal or whatever like the whole point of the easy method and the only reason that it's maintainable is that you can do these things while you also create a little bit of a deficit so that you're also losing body fat that's the point
0: and that's why we want it to be a long-term solution to the past problems that you've had because we never if you start to implement and Emma and I have been there you know we talk about this all the time both of us you know especially me like when i started i got so focused on on physique stuff and and then i would go away on holiday and of course Of course, after over restricting for that long and over pushing my body for that long, of course, I inevitably was like, oh, my God, the breakfast buffet, everything I can eat and like, oh, my God, I haven't had a drink in six months, everything I can drink. And of course, I regained a lot of body fat and I did enter a really chissy yo-yo cycle of dieting and being quote unquote in shape and being quote unquote out of shape, which is a matter of perspective but from my perspective and it did create a really shit relationship with my job and my body and everything um and actually like in the last few years and i think i think emma can say the same like finding that balance making sure that you're active make it for for health reasons if nothing else making sure that you train regularly again for health reasons if nothing else but of course sometimes we do also have other goals I so actually I'd, I'd really like to kind of feel really good in my own skin in the next few like i'm gonna going to really push for a bit and there's nothing wrong with that either um but then also being able to come back to that kind of normality of being an active person being a fit healthy strong person who absolutely can come away from your diet for a meal for a day or for a weekend but at the end of the day kind of wants to get back into the swing of healthy eating and calorically appropriate eating so that we don't continue this swing and that comes with age and maturity and and it's a learned behaviour, it's a learned skill. and that's what we're trying to get everybody here on the EC method to achieve. And we have, I mean, it's not lost on us as well how difficult that an ask that is for someone who does have a history of these behaviours. Like again, I've been there, I've been that person. It's a big slog. It's like a lot of overhaul of behavioural work. And it's not lost on us how fucking fantastically well you guys do it. And actually, I was having this chat with Hazel this morning, who I just wanted to reference this because this is it in a nutshell. She's essentially lost like three kg in seven weeks, which is phenomenal because she's already in a low 60 kgs range. So that means already it's harder for her to see results on the scales. So that's phenomenal in and of itself. Most of the time, she's on 1,600 calories. Some of the time, like five days here, four days here, she'll go away. She'll come up to maintenance somewhere in the region of 2,000 plus calories. And then she'll go back into it. And she was saying she was frustrated because the scales haven't moved. And I said, one, they have. You're in a low 60 kgs range and you've lost 3 kg basically in seven weeks. And two, it's because you're being really smart and you're understanding when you need to actually pull back a bit and allow for life and going away and other things happening but you're not losing any ground and then you come back to it and you keep on going and this is what emma and i are always trying to preach this is the push pull of being in a body that you're happy and confident and comfortable in a fit healthy nutritionally as well as actively body and maintaining your results in the long term like this is this is perfect I agree that was amazing and I do think you're
1: right in that it is hard when all of your previous diets have been I over restrict for a period of time and then I put the weight back on and then you just think that's what dieting should be and actually you will have to accept that you won't see as quick results in a month or in two weeks or whatever the short period of time is if you're doing it in a maintainable way but when you zoom out and you're like okay actually what is faster doing it the right way It's like, you don't have to then replace the shitty cheap flooring that you bought or whatever it is. Like you do it right and you do it once. What's that saying about buy cheap, buy twice like that. It's the same with dieting. Like if you go for those quick fixes, you will then end up putting the weight back on and you'll have to start again. And it might seem like a quick fix, but it's not because you have to do it again. And usually you've messed up your relationship with food, you've sacrificed. and, And also like you've worked really freaking hard to get those results that you then essentially reverse in many ways by putting the weight back on and often then some more and that's like it's so much effort for such little reward when actually you could kind of spread out that effort and pace yourself a little bit much like running a marathon like you don't want to sprint the start and then you have to walk for the rest of it or you have to stop actually you want to pace yourself so that you can get the fastest time overall and that's how you get the fastest time that's how you get the quickest results is actually being patient and doing it properly the first time and not feeling like you have to restrict the rest of your life in order to get quick results
0: yeah absolutely I mean guys don't forget as well like time is passing this is your life this is your life does anyone remember that show that was so good um like this is your life like you're also opting to be miserable for a huge chunk of it. it's not huge in the grand of thing, but it's big enough. Like it's not timely, you know, for you're opting to be miserable for a chunk of it instead of actually managing to enjoy it and still in the end get the results that you wanted to get anyway. It's definitely worth the sacrifice. Um, okay. So I've got the questions up. Do we have anything on the live? We've got, woohoo, I made it. And hello, lovelies. Oh, so no hello. question. Carrie. Have you read Kerry's post? From the I story? haven't.
1: I've saved it to read for later because I didn't have time and I wanted to sit down with a cup
0: of tea because it's a longie. It is, it is a longie but it's a good one. It's a good story. It's a good reflection. It was very good. Um, and also she's I did like it's, it's funny because she talks about how a little Annie. Oh little I mean Clemmer. Yeah sorry. <laughs> Who the hell is Annie? Um, she had a little she had a little bit of a of a, a health ro- health roller coaster coming coming into this world and um, I was like it's funny because she just looks like the epitome of a healthy baby she's just like the cute I want to cuddle so bad <laughs> I guess like she has it, it's like the she has obviously no idea what she's just been through <laughs> oh, no mm. They say that in my baby book. It's like newborns will often lull you into a false sense of security after the, the first few days that they're born because they're so exhausted from the birth. <laughs> but don't don't buy into it because by day five, <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> well, I was really premature.
1: And I think for the first six months, my parents used to call me Emma Angel because I wouldn't cry, Nothing, basically because I was like only yeah. half a lung developed. <laughs> um, and then I made up for that, unfortunately.
0: How premature were you?
1: Um,
0: I think like two months. Wow, that really is preemie. I was like four weeks, but that's like fine. I mean, two it's quite. So I mean, that would be like you giving birth. Thirty six. It's, it's all right. It's not. It could be a lot worse. Two, two months, months is pretty mega. My like yeah. James friend Alex, um, their daughter was born at like twenty seven weeks, which is like really, yeah. That's like you. I mean, you were t- you, you must have been in NICU for a while. Yeah. My dad used to cycle up with the milk. How cute. Cute. Oh my God. Um, okay, right. So let's get to this. Verity. Chloe Haskell, Emmy, 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 Emma Sorry Gordon. Hey Clemmikins. A couple of things to wrap things up, please. I can't stay in the group for the next round. Boo, hiss, but I will miss you both. I have definitely felt a massive positive impact from this. By the way, that was her saying boo, hiss, not me. <laughs> it was treating Verity, like she's a panto villain. Um, I worry about plateauing. What steps should we take if we want to hit the same weight for a couple of weeks and still have fat to lose, please? If we hit the same week for a couple of weeks, but still have fat to lose, please? Uh, Do you want to start with that one, Em? Yes, this is a really good question. And I actually think it's something that
1: a lot of people very quickly assume that they've plateaued because they've not lost weight for X amount of time. And there's numerous reasons why this can happen. One of them, obviously the scales don't directly measure body fat loss. So you could still be losing fat, but it's not shown on the scales yet. So make sure that you're not just being impatient with that. It is very common for people to go two, three weeks without seeing drops on the scale and then drop some weight. So make sure that you're really quite like strict with yourself. Have I actually been consistent here? Because what we often see is people who are like, yeah, I've been trying to stick to 1800 calories. I do it most of the time. I think I'll drop my calories to 600 and then they're not adherent there either. And then they drop them again. And then they're like, I'm on 1200 calories. I can't lose weight. And it's like, it's an adherence problem. Go back to 1800 and be patient with it. Also make sure that you are taking other measurements, not just the scale weight. So like physical measurements or progress photos or performance markers, like make sure that you are you are not just looking at the scales to measure your progress and then remember and this happens for a lot of people when they think they have plateaued so normally a plateau will happen if you've lost a lot of weight and you're now in a smaller deficit because your basal metabolic rate has come down because you are now a smaller person that is an inevitable side of becoming a smaller person by the way it's not like it's not a a negative side effect of fat loss it is just like how we are built and that's just life right um what often happens is now because you have less fat to lose, you might have at the start been like, yeah, I'm losing a pound every single week, sometimes two pounds like my rate of fat loss is really quite fast and that's really encouraging. When you have less fat to lose, the scales will change less. When you are a smaller person, when you weigh less, the scales will change less. So don't think, oh, I've hit a plateau because I don't lose as much as I lo- as I used to lose at the start. The truth is like actually probably a better measure than, the standard like one pound a week of fat loss is 1% of your body weight a week is a little bit more realistic. Again, it's still never going to be linear, but it just shows that it's, it's more about it being comparable to how much total mass that you have. You can't expect, as Chloe was just talking about, if you only weigh 60 kilograms, you can't expect to be losing a hell of a lot of weight in comparison to someone else. And it's yeah. so funny when people are like, oh, I read someone else's post and they lost, you know, 20 pounds since they've been with you. Like, I've only lost five. And I'm like, yeah, but they weigh 100 kilograms and you weigh, you know, 65 kilograms. Like, what? Well, of course you don't. You don't even have 20 pounds to lose. So you can't possibly lose that much weight.
0: It's so make funny. sure
1: you're that like lose that logic isn't it when it comes yeah. to- and then when you point it out it's like kind of like oh yeah <laughs> whoops <laughs> it's a little bit obvious yeah. um so if you do think that you have reached a plateau like genuinely and you have been really like I guess like taking an overview of what you're doing have I really been consistent because most there was this phase where people would think that it was inevitable to reach a plateau and mm-hmm. I mean the easy method in our experience of this has has kind of proved the opposite that most people start on 1800 calories and never have to drop their calories yeah like that that's kind of proof in itself but you may find that you're in at least a smaller deficit if you lose a lot of body fat so say you did start at 100 kilograms and you were on 2000 calories you might get to i don't know 70 kilograms and be like fat loss is really slowing i'm going to drop my calories now because that deficit might have started at i don't know 500 calories and now because you're a smaller person and you're expending less energy, that deficit is now 200 calories a day instead, which means that you're experiencing slower fat loss. So you could increase it then. It's very unlikely, unless you put yourself in a tiny, tiny deficit, that you would completely plateau on the calories that you started on. So like if you started on 1800 calories or something, like it's it, it's unlikely that that would become your maintenance depending on obviously how much body fat you lost and how active you are could potentially happen um but yeah I would just consider before reducing your calories or and or increasing your expenditure
0: just make sure that you actually have the- <coughs> before yeah. you start things. yeah I agree with everything Emma said you know first things first make sure that you're taking weekly photos but you're not going to see changes in this photos weekly we wish oh my god but it's just not going to happen but so if you do hit week i would say really week four and you're not seeing any changes on the scale, make sure that you there's a, an app called live collage which is really helpful with there's if you put your four week front side and back side by side and you can see any changes and this happens all the time on the ec method we've had it more times than i can count where someone will be like the scales just aren't moving and we look at like a w- week one to week six photo and it's like complete body transformation is well and truly on like a occurring um so definitely take another progress marker and i just to echo everything that emma said remember that the less you have to lose the less the scale is going to reflect fat loss for you so again having another progress marker is really good and the last thing i would say is um Consistency and adherence, you know, we talked about Hazel. Now Hazel's losing anyway, even though she's coming up to maintenance. But if she wasn't, let's just say the, the other thing, you know, the alternative, other thing. <laughs> so colloquial. Um, let's say the alternative and she wasn't losing, the first thing I would have said to her was, Well, you keep coming up your deficit. So, and she doesn't need to do this. But if you're now worried that you're not getting anywhere, your pictures aren't showing any loss, which they are, by the way, your pictures aren't showing any loss, the scales aren't showing any loss. The first thing that needs to happen is you need to stay in your deficit like it's that simple um and i also think and this is a bit savage because obviously we talk a lot about being flexible and this being a lifestyle approach within reason you know if you have a fat loss goal you still have to be in a deficit it's just that's just how it is um you know having and i've done this before when i've been in long-term fat loss phases that have surpassed 16 weeks for example you just start to find yourself picking at things, licking things, biting things, trying things, and you think licking oh, things. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you'll fight. You'll realize like what you think is happening. Like you know, once a day and it's nothing. Because it's like going to be actually it's probably adding up to like a couple hundred calories a day, and again pulling you out your deficit, which is not. But again, a sign of dieting fatigue. So that might be a question mark of do I need to come pull back and go into a period of maintenance for a week or two so I can come back to my deficit and keep on adhering. Um, But always looking at your consistency and your adherence before you do anything, as Emma's first point. Um, But yeah, all great points. Um, It's It's a good point just to elaborate
1: on a little bit more, is that a lot of people will drop their calories too soon. And on the surface, sometimes that's not a problem. And this is why when anyone comes to me and I get this quite a lot and I know you do as well Chloe but someone will be like my coach put my calories to 1400 do you think that's too low and I didn't like to comment on that because often I think I've done that with clients because yes. they know that they're not adhering and I'm like if you actually track 1400 calories the way that you're tracking it you're going to be on 16, 1700 calories and that's actually perfect for you yes. the issue with that is that people get stuck in their head of like I mean one the expectation of eating such low calories creating more genuine hunger for them and two this kind of like psychology that they have to drop their calories ridiculously low to get results when actually you're just kind of being like I know that you're not tracking accurately so that's why I don't kind of judge those things but I do think you can quite easily if you're not being adherent on the current calories you have there is absolutely no way in hell you should be dropping your calories. And I know that seems really simple, but so many people do that. They're like, yeah, most of the time I'm sticking to my calories, but I'm just not losing as much weight as possible. So I think I'm going to drop them. And I'm like, no, 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 just try sticking to them all of the time. And when I say sticking to them all the time, I don't mean every single day needs to be X calories. I mean, on average, over the week, you need to stay within that calorie target if you want to see results if you keep dropping those calories it becomes harder and harder and harder and you become less and less and less adherent and then you resent the diet and then you kind of like come into this all or nothing of like yeah two days a week I can stick to these ridiculously low calories and then I end up massively overeating feeling guilty about that and then trying to punish myself by doing hours yeah. and hours of cardio and not eating enough and blah, blah blah and you get into this horrible cycle which we see all of the time so make sure that And this is like, I really wish that this message could get home is that, you know, if you are, in fact, anyone, but I mean, maybe a caveat to this is very, very small people, maybe who have PCOS, whose basal metabolic rate has dropped considerably. Most women need the bare minimum 1600 calories just like to live and to do things, even if you're not doing an excessive amount of activity or exercise like you need fuel yeah and I think when people think that they just need to keep dropping those calories like it's it's a horrible way to live it's a very restrictive mindset but it really leads to like really poor dieting outcomes and really poor relationship with food
0: yeah it absolutely does there are numerous reasons why a coach might take the client's calories lower than the norm, right? Like numerous, numerous reasons. But is it is it um, a necessary tool for coaches to use with most clients? Absolutely not. And there's, there'll usually be a reason behind it. But I, what I would say is, look, let's just say you started out on eighteen hundred and you were in, and and you're doing seventy k steps a week. Um, and you were in an 80 kgs range, and over a period of time, you've now come down into a 60 kgs range, and you're like, I am being adherent, I am doing everything, and I'm still not making more ground to get where I wanna go. By all means, come down to 1600 calories and come up to 80 K steps a week. That will absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, get the ball rolling again. But Em is right. Um, there is a lot to be said for, and we had this with one of the girls yesterday, being really mindful about your activity. Uh, I think a lot of people immediately go straight to the food, which you know, is fair and it is a, a, you know, just as important aside as the, the energy um, balance equation. But do stop and think, when I go in the gym, three ideally three, four days a week, am I working hard? Am I training hard? Am I, Or am I just going in there faffing about... Am I you know, hitting you know, my 70K steps a week when I know for a fact that I could be actually being a bit more active and up it to 80? And like tiny little tweaks and changes like this will be reflected on your body. And we talk about energy balance, you can't deny it, but you also can't deny somebody who works fucking hard. When you see someone who works fucking hard and isn't on 1400 calories, but who works hard in the gym, who trains hard and prioritizes their health and fitness, There's no denying, you can see that on someone's physique immediately. So always consider, like, how much am I actually doing? And one of my my favorite tools to promote the E C method, because I do think it's important to go in with off the bat, is that we only ask for the bare minimum and we get our clients' results. And that's 100% true to say. But there is also, you know, a time to reflect on, instead of being like, how little can I do and get results? There's also comes a time when you can reflect on, actually, how much could I be doing realistically here, if you're really, you know, if you're really gunning for a result, and you're not getting there, are you genuinely doing everything, and again, just lastly, like we said, in every single round, we we hear it, oh, the sales aren't moving, the sales aren't moving, the sales aren't moving, and the second that we say, like, how consistent are you, it's like, most of the time, I only come out of my deficit some days of the week, and it's like, well, that is the problem that that's it. In a nutshell, you need to be doing what you need to be doing to get the result. Um, and I know we contradict ourselves a lot. Like I just said with the, you know, start with the bare minimum. I'm a huge believer as a coach and I've had a lot of experience in starting clients out with the bare minimum, getting as fucking much juice out of that squeeze as we can. But then will come a time where if the client wants to go further, you can't do the bare minimum anymore. Like you have to, you have to do a bit more work. And that's life. And I just think everyone should probably be aware of that if they if they have, you know, like I, you know, for example, I want to look like Emma. Well, you have to train like Emma and you have to be consistent like Emma. And and that's the truth of it.
1: Yeah, I was just looking for a quote, but I can't find it. But it was on the wall of of my gym and it was something like it's something along the lines of. Like, it's a shame. It's a shame for any woman to have never experienced the incredible things that her body can do. Like, and to me, that's how you should be motivating yourself rather than like, I need to push harder to lose more body fat. Like, what about I need to push harder? Cause I want to see what I'm capable of. Like, that's yeah. a very, the, the action might be the same, but that's a very different mindset to take. And it's so, like, it's just an interesting observation that with diet and exercise, People often have this like almost victim mindset of, oh, well, I can't do that. and I can't do this. Whereas if you were like, I really want to get good at piano, but I'm just not that good yet. It's like, what do you need to do? You need to practice more. Like you're practicing one time a week. If you want to get better at it, you need to practice three, four, maybe every single day if you want to get really good at that. You don't resent that with piano. Like you don't resent it. You're not like, I'm oh, such, yeah. it's, it's it's such a shame for me because I can't, I can't play whatever song yet, or I'm not grade X yet, when you know that you're only practicing once a week, you're like, yeah, I can kind of accept that if I'm only putting in this much effort, I will only get in out this much reward. The same is true for like every area of life. But for some reason with diet and exercise, we have this kind of barrier of it's not fair for me. And do you know what? Sometimes it is harder for some people. It absolutely is. And some people do have like, you know, a harder time, whether that's time constraints, whether that's genetics, whether that's you know relationship food upbringing whatever like there are so many things that can make it harder but it doesn't change the fact that some you know if if you are not getting the results that you want sometimes you need to put in more effort when I say that I caveat that with if you're on the EC method and we're showing you where to put that effort in because we also see so many people put in a lot of effort into areas that are completely irrelevant like yeah and and that's just a shame to see because you're doing a lot of work but it's
0: not getting you a lot of results yeah, absolutely. And and again, just lastly on this, because obviously we need to move on, we're not even at the end of this question yet, but, but I come back to the, the row and sail approach, which is something that I really like as a coach and I've had great success with. Like sometimes there's a period of your life where you're like, no, I can be doing more. And realistically, with my goal, I should be doing more and you row, and you row, and you row. And then what's really important, and full circle back to what we very first started saying in the answer to this question, sometimes, You have a period of your life where other things need to be prioritized and other things need to come to the fore. Of fucking course. So that doesn't make you bad. That doesn't mean the goal is diminished. It just means this is life. You have to work with it. You have to swim with the tide, not against it. That's when you let go and you sail. And you do. You know, we're talking about Hazel. You do what Hazel does. You know, you come up to maintenance, whatever it is. Instead of working five days, working out five days a week in the gym and training yourself, come down to three days a week in the gym and do everything you can in the half-hour bracket that you can manage it. That's your sail. And this is life and this is how we work with the tide Um, so yeah okay right let's move in other areas right
1: business you might be like yeah I'm really gonna put all that work like I'm gonna do loads of work in these two weeks because I know I've got time and then I know that I've got a busy social life so I'm gonna step back on work or it can be anything I think sometimes we like using examples with fat loss kind of makes you see oh yeah the same principles apply to all areas of my life here there will be times where I'm spending more time with my family and there will be times where I'm spending more time at the office or whatever it is you do for work. That's that's normal, like that is row and sale.
0: Yeah, okay. And then she says, last one. Also, I understand that resistance training is very good for you and I will be trying to do more, but I don't want my muscles to grow any bigger because I don't want the fat on top of them to, to be pushed out more. <laughs> and then she does a funny emoji face. I quite like gentle lines on me. I don't want to get stocky or muscly looking. Should I lift lighter for more reps? How do I do resistance training without building any muscle? Okay, so okay, right, so okay. First of all, like, <laughs> okay, who? Which angle do I go in on this with? So first of all, um. I promise you right now, Verity, that if you're not going in the gym and resistance training with the goal to build muscle, you're not gonna be having that much success (laughs) anyway. So even just that in and of itself, like I know that that sounds weird, but you really have to be working hard and lifting properly to be gaining muscle, especially as a female. So it's really not something you should be worried about. If you're worried about looking bigger, basically adding more mass to mass, like fat mass and muscle mass, you know, I understand exactly what you mean there. It's quite simply, you should be more focused on how much body fat do I have to lose and not worried about the muscle side of the equation, which is not only as as you say, you're aware of incredibly important to your health and longevity of life, um, but also building muscle mass takes fucking effort gaining body fat takes absolutely no effort like one of them is a concerted effort one of them can just happen if you if you basically just decide fuck it for a few days like that's how easy it is um so it's not something you need to be worrying about um and when you say gentle lines these lines are only going to show themselves when your body fat reduces anyway So even gentle lines, the gentlest of the most gentle feather lines, you need to lose the body fat in order to even see them. So that should really be where your primary focus is. Um, And in terms of lifting light for more, it doesn't matter. Study after study after study after study has shown, it doesn't matter if you're doing more reps with lighter weight or less reps with a heavier load. It doesn't matter if you're hitting failure there or thereabouts. Um, and you're training your body with the adequate amount of volume throughout the course of the week. You're going to grow the same amount of muscle. It really doesn't matter. But we just have preferences of what we would program for higher rep ranges and lower rep ranges, at which we've talked about ad nauseum. You know, like a deadlift versus a lateral raise. For example, we don't want you doing twenty reps with a deadlift with a bar. Like no, <laughs> where's a lateral raise? Fine. Um, so that's not really the solution. I would recommend that you keep doing maybe a full body session three days a week, maybe like every other day, something like that, um, just to keep it ticking over and focus more on the fat loss if you're feeling like you're looking stocky. I promise you, you haven't gained a shit ton of muscle like in a week, a month, a year. Emma? I agree. It's really
1: hard for women to build muscle. No one builds it by accident. And yeah, even even the amount of muscle you could build it's the fat on top that's making you look quote unquote bulky rather than the the mass of muscle that you've built um and remember the whole saying of like muscle weighs more than fat like it doesn't but it takes up far less space than fat does so like a pound of fat looks a lot bigger than a pound of muscle which is like a very condensed thing so when you're thinking about total mass yeah when you're thinking about total mass like muscle <clears throat> looks a lot smaller than fat,
0: pound for pound. Okay, should I go to some questions here? Yeah, I'm trying to connect to my wifi because my uh, 4G keeps dropping out.
1: Oh, you're fine on this?
0: No, it's on here. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Hi um, ladies. <clears throat> this is Chajal. Hi ladies. I wasn't planning on signing up for the next round. But as this viral infection, such as fever has knocked me out completely, decided to stay on to ensure I get back on everything, workouts and nutrition before the US four week holiday in August and set myself up for success and still figure out what I want to do about the physique goal.
0: Yay to staying staying. I, cool. I, I kind of like, thought, I kind of presumed she was going to anyway. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: I was like, what? Sorry, you're not allowed to leave, but sure. Um, nice of you to think that you were gonna leave no okay Paula <laughs> good morning lovely ladies this morning I went to the gym for the first time in three months and first time since joining ECM I'm on round one and have been focused on, on getting my steps in and doing home workouts despite being out of my comfort zone and stepping away from the equipment I know I absolutely enjoyed it however I struggled with the leg curl and leg extension in terms of getting comfortable without feeling it where I shouldn't I asked the personal trainer to help but they said it's because I'm too short I'm four foot eleven and was told this in the past too what other exercises could I do instead whether equipment or on the floor also okay um uh, also if someone else okay let's answer that first
0: well first of all a good leg car machine should be adjustable you should be able to get exactly where you need to get to
1: yeah so now and again like on the on certain leg curls at least I'm on the lowest and I'm five foot five
0: So I find like it could (laughs) genuinely be that the machine doesn't fit I can accommodate it uh okay fine so a really good alternative is to do leg curls on the Swiss ball so yeah. you just put your heels up on the Swiss ball and then as you roll it in, uh your your feet kind of end up going flat and then you pull it out again. That's um, so good. So they're very hard, but you know, just practice, you know, you'll get you're and- four foot eleven, so you'll need the small Swiss ball. <laughs> the little Swiss ball. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Can you imagine that would be so funny? <laughs> to be like on her head. Um and another really good one is RDL. So um straight legged deadlifts yes they are different anyone who's confused just tag me and i'll explain how um, but rdi's and straight legged deadlifts both really good for hammies is better i would say um and then other things huh Legged sounds weird when you say it like leg stiff leg. I know. I always. I know. I don't know if that's me. I I call a lot of exercises things that like even James is like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Um, (laughs) stiff leg deadlifts, fine. Um, and then there's also like little hacks that you can do to already like so for example, if you if you were to do hip thrusts, if you just put your feet ever so slightly further out. You're going to be targeting your hamstrings. Another really good one for hamstring is single leg single leg hip thrust. Just to be clear, with the scoop movement, which I know so many of you have had, had success with, yay! You can't do a scoop movement on a single leg um, hip thrust, which I had with a client recently who's like, "I can't from Like, of course you can. <laughs> You're on one leg. It's much more of a basic hip hinge down and up, down and up. Um, and for me personally, it is solely a hamstring exercise like it's fucking k- killer so single leg uh, hip thrust are really good for that
1: awesome um okay she also says also if someone else is hogging a piece of equipment whilst trying to do a superset is it okay to just do three sets of the first exercise before moving on to the next equipment yeah if you're doing superset and someone else is taking up equipment absolutely fine just just do um just do them as single sets the superset is just basically to make it more time efficient Also, don't be afraid to be like, "Can I work in between your sets?" Like, if someone's taking ages on a piece of machine, or, or like most people in the gym will be like, "Yeah, sure." Obviously, in COVID, we can do that, but now, yeah. Do the new generation
0: know about this though?
1: What working in? Yeah, I don't know because
0: imagine you go up to someone like, "Can I work in?" and they're like, "What?" (laughs) I sound awful, but I'm just going to say it because it's me and I have no filter. My the gyms I've been going to. internationally recently uh, have a lot of younger generation like coming which I love this is a good thing I'm not being a hater coming in and lifting and I just am not sure (laughs) that they understand gym quite yet and I do half wonder like I don't know if you were to go up to one of them and be like oh can I work and I think they'd be like what are you talking about get the fuck away from my way (laughs) it is like it is interesting when we were in
1: Albania people don't have personal space so like I would as gym etiquette like I would never I mean there's certain things like you never walk in front of someone who's squatting no like just like you never walk behind a horse like no (laughs) you might get kicked um but also things like as as you're lifting like reaching in front of you to get weights and stuff I'm like whoa whoa, whoa, wait till someone's finished like there's not a lot of room right but wait till someone's finished a set that
0: kind of stuff I don't like it I do not even like it and this might be a bit debrief I don't care I don't even like it when I'm on the squat rack and someone comes and re-racks like a either heavy amount of um plates or just like a 25 kg and like slams it on and then everything jiggles the whole minute and I'm like in the middle of a really heavy squat oh no that's not acceptable like loads of people do that. And I'm like, no, maybe take a away gently, fine, but don't come slamming in. Like, and also in David Lloyd, the cleaners in David Lloyd clean around people training. And sometimes you'll be like spotting and they'll come with a mop and like literally mop this side of your foot. And I'm like-
1: Oh, I've had someone's hoover like through the middle of my lap. <laughs> I was like, what, what are you doing? I mean, like, if you would like, wait for like five seconds, you'll be like, oh, excuse me, can I just get this?
0: so weird I can't I just I can't and there's this girl in the gym in France So like, we've been going to the gym like every morning here uh, it's actually really good and she comes in every time we're in there and she puts plugs her phone in <laughs> she plugs her phone into the phone socket and then for the whole time I'm in the gym which is like at least 45 minutes sometimes an hour she just sits on the floor cross-legged and texts like I'm like what are you doing here are you literally This <laughs> is <just laughs> phone. phone. Well, she's in full gym gloves, straps, like the whole thing. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? How strange! I'll okay, Simon but- and send it to you. <laughs>
1: our favorite thing to do. <laughs> Look at this weird person doing something odd. Okay, <laughs> um, okay, Delinda, you're so right. It's a marathon, not a sprint. I tell this to my postnatal ladies all the time. Completely understand why they want quick results as this is what I do with weight loss, despite
0: knowing all the info. Yeah, got to take your own advice. And also with menopausal women, the fact that it's already taking so fucking long and it's such a slog for them, you would be like, oh, can we just get it? Like, can we just, you really, I mean, yeah, it's a lot. It, it is harder, a hundred percent. It like, it is
1: harder short term, but it's much easier long term. Yeah. <laughs> like it's harder short term because you have to be a bit patient, but Long term, what's nicer actually learning about nutrition and learning to eat in a way that you can enjoy your life while getting results or while maintaining results, or continuously feeling like either you're on a diet or guilty because you're not on a diet and you're overeating and you're yo yoing. That's yeah. actually far harder, far more fatiguing, far more like a far worse
0: way to live, essentially a hundred percent and I kind of mean it in the sense of before you get say if you were to get you know coaches like Emma and I but like a good coach that feeling like you're really chasing your tail because you need help you do need more help you need more support um yeah yeah okay Eva hello
1: I made it I've got a couple of questions about mindset I'm feeling a bit lost how to progress after being away various injuries meaning I can't train etc I tend to find I have to switch into a very focused mode but it's hard to sustain I'm worried about doing this again any tips I also wanted to ask about mental health and food my problem is that when my mental health is bad I just can't seem to care as much and there's definitely a pattern of having a crisis slash overeating, which will set me back thank you for everything
0: um okay so well let's deal with the first one coming back from injury and what she is she saying she finds it hard to get back on the horse is that what she means just clarify that
1: yeah I think she says she normally switches into a very focused mode which is hard to sustain so it sounds a bit like kind of all or nothing like I'm either going to the gym five times a week and I'm really yeah. on it or I'm like and then obviously you find that hard to sustain because it is hard is to sustain Hannah?
0: is no, this Hannah either. I Eva. I had an exact chat with like Hannah yesterday or the day before yesterday. This like all or nothing mindset in terms of like, yeah, well, that is what it is. Like, you know, I'm either really going for it or I'm really not. And I struggle and then I get complacent and then I stop. And then uh, what, and what I said to Hannah and Hannah was like, I'm scared I'm going to go backwards. When I set her up with some new numbers and some very easy kind of let's bleed you back in protocols. And Hannah was like, I'm scared I'm going to go backwards. And I was like, you haven't been doing anything. You're not going to go, but like the goal here is to get you to move forward very slowly and actually reteach you that just because you're not going to the gym five days a week, nailing 1600 calories a day and 90,000 steps, it doesn't mean we can't, like her brain immediately went to this won't work. I'm going to gain weight, even though she was doing nothing. And I was like, this is really interesting. And this is this all or nothing kind of, as we always say, this like false dichotomy. What I really suggest you do is you you sit down and you look at your diary and you pick three days a week you can get into the gym and do three workouts. Is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you like to have the weekends to do your own thing? fine or are you really busy with work and actually you need to find one work day that you can do it and then the weekends for example, like these are example things that happen with clients often and it's okay, those are the three days I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna do and pick three sessions that you enjoy that you love like I love training lower body, I love training shoulders like, I have sessions that I really like and be like okay and start the ball rolling in that sense um in terms of like I mean I won't touch on steps because you don't touch on that yourself and start to get back that kind of like enjoyment of lifting the fact that it's you time it's just you and you in the gym and that's that's a lovely privileged position to be able to be in um and moving your body and as emma said before like getting a kick out of seeing what your body can do and then if you start to to, to pick it up again with no pressure at all, be like okay i'll do four four sessions a week i can and i want to and it's fun and if at any point you need to kind of regress back to three and and like i say the row and cell do you don't have to be a hundred percent all the time in any area of your life and it's totally unrealistic to expect that from yourself because you're not going to be able to do it you're going to get frustrated and you're going to be, you're essentially going to punish yourself every time you can't you cannot give a hundred percent all the time and that's okay and being able to step back and say okay actually this week i'm finding it really hard for whatever reason post-injury it flares up and you need to spend two weeks in the physio instead refocus on that And just try and go a little bit easier on yourself and put into place numbers and practicalities that are realistic and stop stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Agree. I think
1: you bring up a really good point as well about Hannah, who's like, you know, if I don't set myself these unrealistic targets and I think I'll go backwards. And then when you really take a step back and like assess what you're doing at the moment. We see this all the time with bringing calories up. It's like, if I eat more than 1200 calories, I'm just going to put on weight. And it, it's like, but you've just accepted you're not adherent. So you're not eating 1200 calories. Actually, eating 1600 is actually less than what you're eating now because you're not sticking to this target anyway. And you're massively overeating. But it's still, yeah. there is still that fear. But sometimes you just need to break that down and be like, here's the black and white of what's going on. You're worried yeah. that if you, if you set yourself slightly lower targets that are achievable, that you're going to go backwards when actually compared to what you're doing now that's still a big step forwards and I think we see that all the time it's kind of like perfectionist mindset of like if I don't hold myself to these perfect standards or these optimal standards then I'll get lazy then I won't get results and actually the exact opposite happens because what's happening now is you have these standards of perfectionism of optimal of like five times a week blah 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 whatever it is for you and you're not hitting them, which means that instead of doing a little bit, you choose to do nothing. So like, if I'm not doing everything, I'm just going to do nothing. And actually, like imperfect action or as Chloe is saying, like setting yourself realistic targets takes away that option for you to be like, well, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm going to do nothing. Because you're like, I'm going to take imperfect action. If I can't do 10,000 steps today, I'm still going to do 7,000. And I'm going to try and build that up over the week or something. Or like, if I can't do my usual five workouts, I'm going to still do two because that's all I can fit in this week. But it's imperfect action. It's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot for you to get into that. And again, like, not that I talk about this all the time, but this is where journaling really helps as well. Because you write down these thoughts of like, I didn't go to the gym today. And it's like, okay, well, why didn't I go? Because I didn't go on Monday. And it seemed pointless not going, like, if I didn't go on Monday, what's the point of going today? And then you question that and you're like, Does that make any logical sense whatsoever? No. And then you take action based on that. And the whole emphasis around like imperfect action is that it takes away that opportunity for you to to say to yourself, well, if you can't be perfect, there's no point doing it. It takes away that all or nothing option. And it actually makes you work a hell of a lot harder. As soon as you start embracing that, as soon as you start committing to doing the best you can in the situation you're in. Instead of saying, I'm going to try and do this perfectly. And then when it's not exactly the way I expected, which life never is, then I'm going to give up on it. Now you've taken that option away and you have to do the best you can in the situation you're in. And you end up with far better results. Yeah. Um, Okay. Next part of that question was I wanted to ask about mental health and food. My problem is that when my mental health is bad, I can't seem to care as much. And there's definitely a pattern of having a crisis slash overeating cycle that is setting me back
0: I can relate to this I mean I've definitely been there I think this is tricky this is my my tip to you would be just based on my own personal experience and is that a lot of the time it's more about ease like I find it I love cooking for example I do like a food shop and I do all the food shopping for the house and I do all the cooking for the house with James and I and I did when I lived with my parents as well um and I get a real joy out of it but when when my mental health is struggling for whatever reason that it goes completely the pendulum swings completely the other way like there's no food in the fridge nobody's eating I don't fucking care like it doesn't matter to me um what I found really helpful is, and I think I said this to one of you in this round who was at home and who was kind of doing all the food situation for a grieving family, ease. so going, for example, to the supermarket or even ordering, ordering a shop to be delivered, and you're talking things like your, like, healthy kind of hearty soups, you know, that you get cartons of or tubs of whatever from the supermarket, pre-packed salads, um things like um pre-cooked chicken breasts now obviously now we can start talking about you know when you buy these pre-cooked meats is this good whatever during a time where you need a breather just whatever whatever you can do you can do pre-cooked chicken breasts you know eat lean protein cheese zero percent greek yogurt ease 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 of dieting um and and basically i would also say being conscious that getting up and even if you don't really want to making sure that you And normally breakfast isn't a big meal of the day for me, but a good tip, and this is just like a a tip for anyone who's going through this kind of thing and is desperate to try and stay on top of their nutrition goals, which will also help, actually, to be honest, it will, but getting up and having a big breakfast so that you don't basically think fuck it, which I know is really common when I'm going through a bit of a mental health dip. And then you get to a point in the day when you're starving and you don't care. So you eat whatever the fuck you wanna order or find this easy, but actually having, making sure that you just put that effort in a breakfast will lead you through a few hours in the day of feeling satiated. And also we talk about get it forcing that ball rolling in terms of momentum. It's like study after study after study and anecdotally for Emma and I, client after client after client, if you start your day off making a good decision, even if it's hard because you're in a shithead space, I mean, I totally get that, but you are more likely to then get that momentum and keep it going. So just putting yourself in a good in a good situation, re-satiety already and, and, and um, decision-making for the rest of the day, um, and then just keep it fucking easy. And that is not professional advice at all. That's just personal advice. I think that's gold. I think starting your
1: day with a positive is not overwhelming as well. You're not like, I have to do all of these things in the day. Like, don't think about anything else, just think about whatever it is for you, create a little morning routine. It could be as simple as getting up, doing five squats and five yeah. push-ups, or starting my day with a little bit of exercise, and I'm gonna make a I don't know an omelette for breakfast or like something for breakfast that is good healthy whatever fruit whatever you want to have start your day with that positive and as Chloe's saying that does create momentum but there's also a psychological shift that happens that is kind of like we see this on both sides so often when people are like oh I didn't make it to the gym there's no point eating healthy but actually the opposite happens as well like I've started my day with this positive I've already done a bit of exercise I've already put in my body like healthy nutritious food. I don't want to waste that by you know eating crap at lunchtime. And it's kind of like the opposite of the sunk cost fallacy, where yeah. like, normally like that's working as negative. You're like, I've put in all this work, I don't want to give up now. But actually that's working as a positive for you now because you're like, okay, well, I've already put in this amount of effort. I don't want that to go to waste. I don't want all the effort I've made in the morning to go to waste. So actually from a psychological perspective, that helps. And then we know that movement and that giving your body like good, healthy, nutritious food improves your mental health as well. Mm -hmm. So just by taking those actions and by doing something for yourself that isn't massively overwhelming, it's like, it's exactly what Chloe's saying. It's the momentum. It's taking that first step. But that first step can't be, I need to do five workouts a week. Like it should be, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do like literally 30 seconds of exercise and i'm gonna have a nice breakfast that's all i have to worry about today and the rest kind of just follows from that and if that's all you do in the day that's absolutely fine but it's getting up and starting your day with a positive that has such a big knock-on effect and once you get that momentum going it's so much easier to carry on with those behaviors and i think that people get so overwhelmed by everything that they feel like they have to do that they then end up not taking any action anyway. And if you can just get started like that, that really, really helps. And I mean, the other thing that you like, as you're talking about here, like um, when I have a bad mental health um, period of time, then I end up overeating and this is a bit of a pattern. The other thing to do is really think about other coping mechanisms as opposed to just overeating or like, you know, food essentially numbing the problem. So whether that's journaling, whether that's speaking to a professional, whether that's, I don't know, going out for a walk, like depending on, because mental health is so varied, like we could be talking anything here from, I have, you know, I'm I'm a little bit lower for the three days before my period, like that's how I feel, like that might be how I feel, but it could also be, you know, depression, which is far more serious. So like, do you need to go and see a professional, go and see your doctor, or maybe do you just need to be like, all right, okay, I know I feel pretty rough for these three days. How can I make myself feel a bit better? And actually, I know that going for a walk, exercising, eating well does make me feel good, even though I don't feel like doing it at the moment. So I'm going to make sure I take some steps in that direction.
0: Yeah. And routine, routine. you know, it's a, it was a huge thing. Part of the whole getting into what I got into and getting qualified and the whole thing was, I was just in desperate need of some routine and some structure for my mental health. And it... Really went a really long way for me, and yeah, but that doesn't mean, like we're saying, that doesn't mean sorry, be
1: careful, guys. Because if you start with a morning routine, you might end up 10 years down the line with a whole new career, profession, however many books, (laughs) coached thousands of (laughs) clients.
0: So just be careful. Even I know, even I know that we talk about the row and sale, even I'm in a period of sale, and I have been for a few months. I'm in the middle of still getting this qualification of writing this book, but I've deliberately, and I've spoken to everyone from tutors to editors and Emma taken my foot off the gas. Cause I'm like, Oof, this has been like hefty. And, and you have to know, you have to know when you're pushing it and you need to pull back. And I guess the
1: point is for you as well. Like it's not just taking your foot off the gas as in like you're not doing anything like, you're obviously growing a human, but there's a really yeah. good analogy of um, like a cooker, like the top of a cooker. What are those called? Hobbs, Hobbs, like hob. So at the moment, like your family hob is high because it needs to be because that's you know that's really important at the moment. And maybe your like career hob is turned down slightly. It doesn't mean it's turned off, but it means it's turned down slightly. You're not focused on that. It's just simmering, right? And you're cooking
0: on the other one. You're cooking the baby. What a fantastic analogy, but that's it. And it's about knowing, you can feel it, Everybody, knowing yourself and also being brave enough to stand up and saying, okay, this is a period of sale. And also same thing about being brave when it comes to a period of row, being like, I really want to do that. Like, but I have intentions by the end of this year, big intentions of boxes that will be ticked, exciting new chapters, which will be starting big. And I know I'm having a baby and I'm trying to be as realistic as I can about them, but they're there. It's also about being brave when it's time to row and being like, okay, stack up. Like you did it, you had your minute. It's time to go. Like and and this is where you get, I think, real self self awareness, self acceptance, and and you actually get a much, I think, a much more pleasant life, knowing, like I said in the beginning, when to swim with the tide, and not always thinking that you're only going to get somewhere and then you're swimming against it. And before you know it, you're fucked. You're burnt out. You haven't got anywhere. You're fucked. Like you need to understand your life, your priorities. And again, this is where Emma's VJ will come in very handy. Your life, your priorities and your values and try and go with it, work with it. By the way, Emma, I love it how even on IG you're referring to it as your VJ. Well, that's what it's called. I, love that. I also just love some of the comments. It's the best thing I've
1: ever done is label like that. Okay, right. I'm going to quickly go through these because we've got to go on to Insta. Right, yeah. Anna's saying, I made a live in the last week, but I made it. I learned so, so much during these weeks and have had incredible results. I've lost seven kilograms so far. Thank you, ladies. Looking wow. forward to see what the next round brings. Yes. Wow. Amazing. Okay, Lisa. Hi, Clemmer. Trying to watch whilst, quote unquote, working. Had had a dodgy round this round. For some reason, my self-sabotage has kicked in. I know what I should be doing. And I was loving the progress for the last 12 weeks, but then it went to shit for two weeks. I've pulled back and been so much more in control this week, which is fab. And I feel so much better. So ready to hit round three running. But the scales are showing the results of those two weeks of non-adherence on the calorie front. I know with the guidance from you two, I can get back on track to where I've been. Um, You're both so inspiring. Thank you so much. I mean that's great and and actually this is life right sometimes you do have two weeks where other stuff takes priority sometimes you overeat a little bit but you've got yourself back on track you've not let that carry on oh there's a quote about this I was talking about today on Instagram and it's like you don't drown from falling in the river you drown from staying submerged in it yeah this is exactly you at the moment you don't you don't ruin 12 weeks of progress from having two weeks that you've overeaten a bit you actually ruin it from staying there, from thinking that you've ruined everything and then continuing down that path. So it's it's really great that you've already got yourself back on track. Agreed. I love everything you just said. Um. Um, okay. Deli- uh, Delinda, you guys have been amazing. Got to take the next round off as Summer and the kids want amusing, which costs money. <laughs> which which costs. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they are very selfish. <laughs> Can't they just parent themselves? <laughs> Please. We'll be back in eight weeks, having made progress, ready to rock. Looking forward to diving into Emma's VJ. (laughs) Aren't we all? It's going to be a summer of
0: love for Emma's VJ.
1: It's a great time to be my VJ. Okay, Sonia. Hi, I'm so happy with my progress in round one for me. I'm five foot four... Started at 64 kilograms and the lowest I've been is 57 kilograms. I've resistance trained four times a week, two cardio, 90,000 steps, and I've been on 1600 calories. Wondering about increasing now to move towards maintenance. Going to be away in Portugal for July and August, so I want to be able to adhere but still keep to non-negotiables. Would appreciate some advice. I will still be very much training whilst I'm there and I'm staying on for the next round. Um... Oh, and she's just put under here. My goal was fat loss around my tummy in particular after four babies and C-sections. I am now running in a bra, in a bra top and shorts. Thanks so much, ladies. I haven't, uh, I haven't down, I haven't, don't, sorry. I think it's meant to say, I haven't done that since my first baby 15 years ago. Wow, that's incredible. Even I don't do that. (laughs) you're right. incredible I mean that's amazing well done um I like with-
0: absolutely, absolutely love that I love yeah. that she's like I came here because I had and then she's like you've done it you've done it like this is incredible like you're just amazing that
1: I would come up to probably 19,000 1900 sorry 1900 2000 calories every single time, every, every every time. time.
0: Um, doesn't understand between um, hundreds and thousands oh my god I'm going to send you hundreds and thousands as a lols joke. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I
1: would come up to between 1800 and 2000 and stay there for two weeks and be consistent and then let us know where you are and we can make any amendments that we need, but also have an incredible time while you're away.
0: Yeah, and I would also just say we don't like, if, if you're happy to keep up with your expenditure then fantastic if you're like you know what i'm really pushing it with the two cardio sessions and the 90,000 steps a week and i've been pushing it because i have a goal then 100% we can reduce those a little too the same way that we'd increase calories so coming down to 80,000 steps and doing one cardio session for a couple of weeks especially if you're going away as well well although to be honest if you're going away you're it's, most likely yeah to sometimes
1: you you walk more don't you and you're you're outside more
0: yeah, it's different. But when you get back into your, we'll just say when you get back into your habit and routine um, and then we reassess as we go, because like it's Emma and I will have non-negotiable activity targets for all of you. So we'll only go as far as, as you would like us to go. But yeah, we can definitely reduce that kind of activity if you wanted to. Okay, great. Have So I'm going to go to the loo and then I'll see you on Instagram. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye.